Welcome back to another episode of SoCal Watch Reviews. I'm Miguel. This is episode 18. We got P on the other line. P, how's it going? Yo, what's going on, good folks? Your boy P. Ross back in the building. Uh, beautiful day, beautiful day. So, P, we, we got a big announcement. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've been, uh, we've had a guest on the show multiple times. And we decided, what, what did we decide, P? Tell the good people. Yo, you know what? We decided that this guy, you know what I'm saying? He's so super fly, so super fresh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To make him an official member mm-hmm. of the podcast. You know what I mean? You know, if you haven't checked him out, it's my man Fred from Shaluso. Hit him on Instagram. Hit him on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? One of the freshest dudes in the watch game, yo. You yep. Yo. Thank you for that intro, man. And Thank you, both of you guys, for, uh, for, you know, inviting me to be an official part of the show. Obviously, it's been fun being guests from time to time, but, you know, it's nice to finally make it official. So, thank you, both of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. we you know, we, we get along so great, which is kind of hard to find, you know, in, in, in any, a, any part of your life, right? So, whether it be your job or outside of your job or whatever, but to be able to find this kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't even know how to call it, but the, the way that we get along, even off the podcast, is so great that we're like, you know what? It's just it's a no-brainer. And I know a lot of other podcasts only have two guests. And we're like, you know what? Let's be different. I mean, we're already different in a lot of ways. So <laughs> just keep pushing the envelope. So, yeah, Fred will be with us on a regular basis. Uh, so, yeah. And, and we wanted to also bring him along because unlike P and myself, he focuses a lot more on the luxury and uh, like the spectrum which is what he is really interested in and is what we really needed we needed something fresh as well mm-hmm. so but speaking of uh luxury let me let me start off by asking did you guys check out the new uh omega constellation oh, oh, oh let me backtrack let me backtrack wrist check what what do you <laughs> what do you guys worry go ahead fred uh so i have my cartier pasta back on mm. and i'm Hopefully, starting to um, finalizing getting that custom strap made for it. Oh, nice. So, hopefully, in like, I think it's supposed to take like three, four weeks for them to make it. Cool. But hopefully, I'll have that on soon <clears throat> so I can at least switch it up. But for now, Cartier Pasha seat time on bracelet, stainless steel. So, what was, what was that process like? You went over there, they took some measurements, or what, what, no, what was the No, no, no. It's, um, so it's a guy who's based down in, uh, Things based down in Bangalore, which is another big city in India. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, I just have to send him pictures of the case. I just take the bracelet off. Um, I have on my springboard tool, it's got like a, it's got like a ruler on it. So I send mm-hmm. like a bunch of like reference pictures so he can get an idea of the dimension. Um, pretty much send all that down. So now he has to sort of just finalize a quote for me and finalize how long it's going to take. Uh, I already picked out the leather. So it's going to be like Safiano leather, which is like the same sort of texture of leather that um, Prada uses. Mm. And then I have a contrasting white stitching. And uh, the strap itself is going to be black. I was going to get it in blue, but like I'm a bit OCD about matching. Like if I'm wearing like, you know, a black leather belt, I want a black leather strap. And I don't own a blue right. belt or blue sneakers <laughs> or blue shoes for that matter. So I was like, all right, I'll go with what I can match for now. Um, 
but yeah, depending on how that turns out, and then hopefully in the future, I'll get a few more made in a few different colors and sort of be a bit more uh, going with that. But I'm excited for, you know, the black black leather with the contrast stitching. That's cool. Yeah, that, that sounds hot. If you don't mind sharing, how much you pay for something like that? Because uh, it sounds so when, like... Go ahead. When he originally quoted me, like he's giving me the final quote now in the next few days, but... Uh, let me just look at my old messages. I think it was something like 70, equivalent of like 70 US. Oh, that ain't bad. Yeah, yeah which isn't bad, but like something like bad. full custom. Shit. And the thing is that like, because of the hinge lugs on the Pasha, it's like, I either have to go custom, I can get something like really, really super cheap off like fucking AliExpress. Right. Or I have to go OEM, which will probably cost me like fucking like a few hundred bucks. Mm. Like maybe two, three, four hundred bucks if I buy like an OEM one from Cartier. So it's like I figured I'll get the middle ground and go for some custom. See how it yeah. turns out. Yep. Sounds good. P, I'm assuming you're wearing your new piece. Yeah, the Hamilton khaki, man. Uh, congrats. Yeah. Beautiful piece. Congrats on the buy, man. Yeah, man. And I uh I got a couple strap changes going on. So y'all see them today on Instagram. So oh, nice. yeah. Can't wait. Can't yeah, wait. Man. It's a it's the Manual wine? Yeah, the manual wine. Cool. Yeah, if you haven't yes, seen it, he uh, P made an unboxing. It's on his uh, YouTube channel. It's really cool. And it came mm. with a little bit of swag. So that's pretty cool. I, and I think they actually gave me that bottle. By mistake? Because, no, I left <laughs> I left my water bottle in there. Like, I have a big green, like, water thing I carry around. And it's kind of beat up and it ain't as flat. So I left it in there by accident, and when I went back to go get it, they said, oh, we have this water bottle for you, too. I guess they said, look, he need a new water bottle. You know what I'm saying? This <laughs> thing he got is told the hell up. <laughs> we feel bad for so, this guy. <laughs> you know, right, right. So they gave me the water bottle. It was fresh. It was fly. You know what I mean? But, yeah. But I'm loving it right now. You know what I mean? Um, uh, amazing. Amazing stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Sounds good. I love that watch. I'm wearing the uh, the old. Uh, what is it? What is it that I'm wearing? I'm sorry, my for everybody listening. I'm. I woke up kind of sick today, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. So I'll I'll, I'll let uh, P and Fred do a lot of the talking. But what I'm wearing uh, today is obviously the Lunar Pilot. I had to throw mm. it back on the wrist. So yeah. I, I have a, a review of, the, of this uh, watch on my uh, on my channel. It's such a cool watch. I mean, I, it's a little big, of course. Biloba could have brought it down a little bit. But what I do like, I threw it on this um, Mora NATO strap. And it's so cool. I actually have a review of Mora straps on my uh, website. Now, website, I mean YouTube. They actually sent over four uh, straps for free to, to review, which is really cool because obviously my channel has only 300 and something subscribers. And typically people... Uh, with that many subscribers, they don't even pay attention to you. But this guy, Ben, super cool guy. He's in, uh, what is it, Kentucky, P? Yeah, Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, Louisville, Kentucky. So the quality of this thing is crazy. It's uh, I know a lot of people throw around the term like seatbelt NATO. Well, this thing is a completely different material. It's very similar. It looks very similar, but it's really cool. And uh, one of the really cool things I like about it is the hardware. So it's completely made out of uh, 316L stainless steel, 
and it's the whole thing is actually solid so it doesn't have any any openings it doesn't have a spring bar it's like a solid piece so yeah i i have it on on that and i love it i think it looks really cool so yeah, this if up. you get a chance get and check them out i think they're like 16 bucks right now they're on special typically mm. they're like 38 so yeah and he has some new stuff coming out so really excited about that but like i was saying i want to talk about the omega constellation did you guys check it out it's the yes. Yeah. collection yes what, mm-hmm. what's your uh what's your opinions on that i think it's cool yeah i, I love it you know what I mean? I think uh, I think Fred had tagged us in it on um, Instagram when I saw it. I said, right. Damn. Damn, yeah, I, right. Think, I think it's sick. And, like, if you think about it, with all this craze about stainless steel sports watches with integrated bracelets, it's like Omega has been doing this one for a long time. Then it flies on right. the radar for a lot of people. Like, if you're mm-hmm. thinking of getting in, in on that sort of action, and Omega Constellation is an easy way to get in on that without having to pay fucking crazy Nautilus money and pay double retail, you know? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah they and start off at, like, what, 6000 Yeah, and the movements on them are crazy, like mm-hmm. uh, Metal Met- certified, mm-hmm. fucking anti-magnetic. Um, I think is the 8800, so I don't think it has the jumping hours. Uh, I think that's the 8900, if I'm not mistaken. But still really nice, really nicely decorated, and solid, solid movements, five-year warranties. Like, it's it's a cool facelift. Like, I like, at the end of the day, the biggest difference is, I think, sort of the look of it. They just modernized it a little bit. But I think they did a really, really good job. The rose gold one looks really cool as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so would you say, Omega, oh, as far as the, the sports watch go, that they do it best at this point? Oh, I think AP does I, it I best. Think, I'd say value for your money, Omega definitely probably does it best whether okay. they do it best in general yeah i mean like ap created the segment so you always got to sort of pay deference to that but there's so many players in it there's so many options yeah that like i think the only good thing that comes of like all the crazy premiums that come for like uh standard royal looks and steel nautilus is i think the only good thing that comes of that is that it pushes people to explore some of these other options and there's so many cool other options out there right right you know the crazy okay. thing is about people that every time they talk about Omega, it's always a Speedmaster, right? Because this thing, honestly, it kind of flew under the radar. Nobody's talking about it. I don't see people posting about this on Instagram, which but is actually, crazy. The constellation range is apparently really big in twenty six um, models in yeah. Asia. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, this is like their hot model in Asia. Mm. Huh. I was actually looking at a vintage uh, constellation a couple the, months ago. The pipe hand or. So, which one? No. I can't remember which one it was, but it was going for like four, five hundred dollars on eBay. Yeah. So crazy, oh, right? I mean, they depreciate yeah. terribly, which again, yeah. like, just makes them even better value for money. <laughs> like, yeah. at retail, they're already well priced, but then when you factor in depreciation, it's like you can get one for a steal. Mm-hmm. The one yeah. thing I've never liked about the Constellation model, like this specific one, is those claws on the bezel. I just that's the entire point. <laughs> I don't like it. That's that's the thing that throws me off. But everything else is gorgeous on this watch. I mean, mm. the, the the new dials, uh, every everything. I mean, just some of these models are just crazy. And that movement, and for that money, I mean, you're getting a a pretty nice watch. I mean, does it come out in a leather strap too? It does. Yeah, yeah. You can get what, on leather. What y'all think about that? The leather versus the steel. I go with um, steel. I think I think it looks cool on the leather. I think a lot of it depends on how you want to wear it. I mean, 
it's a watch that it can easily pass as a dress watch, especially as far as Omegas go. It's not that thick because some of them get super, super chunky. But I I just really like the way that they've re-engineered that bracelet and given it, it's got like these sort of polished parts right in between the links. Mm-hmm. It's a really subtle touch, but I think it really, really works well. But on a leather strap, I think if you wanted to wear it more dressy, it'd still be really good. Yeah. And it's coming in at what, 39 millimeters? Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Millimeters. Yeah. And earlier models were what, 38, I think? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Like, they don't, they don't make them too big because also a lot of those integrated bracelet <laughs> watches, they wear a lot bigger than their, um, than their diameter does. You know, like, they right. wear, wear a little, like, the sizing is, I think, right. 41 mil, but, like, it wears, like, a 42, which doesn't sound like much, but it wears bigger than what you think it would be. Yeah. You know? And then the water resistance is just 50 oh. millimeters. Oh, yeah. 50 meters, yeah. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, so on this one, it's also 50, which is a bit right. disappointing. Well, previous models I was reading, it was 100. So they went from 100 to 30, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess cost cutting got to cost somewhere to give you good value. <laughs> yeah, I think. I don't know if you guys saw the display case back. I, I always think that's a nice touch on any watch, especially when you have movement of this caliber. I mean, it's, it's super, super cool. Yeah, I think yeah. And especially because it's an in-house movement as well. Like, I always feel some type of way when they do open case backs on, like, just the standard ETA that maybe has, like, a custom rotor. But, like, when it's in-house, when it's such a good movement, it's like, why not? And I like the sort of spiral design that they do on it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and I mean, the bracelet alone, the the 316L steel bracelet, super cool. It has a two-millimeter release adjustment, which is really cool. Uh, they call it what a three-piece decor with polish and beveled edges. So looks very nice, very sleek. Yeah, no, it's really nice. Yeah, it's a nice watch, man. Yeah, for sure. With a 55-hour power reserve. Kind of weird yeah. people are not talking about this. I don't know. But again, and that's the problem, that Omega releases so much crap that people get lost. They're like, And of course, right now, the, the, the big monster for them is that three-to-one, right? So that's just kind yeah. of overtaking everything, right. so... But, uh, well, speaking of a very nice watch, right? So let's go from this to something that's a little polarizing. I personally don't like, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, is the new H Moser watch, that Streamliner. How do you guys feel about that guy? Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about it. What's, what's cool about it, or what, what is it that you guys don't like about it? Uh, Pete, you go first. I, 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 I don't like the bracelet. Uh, per se, you know what I mean. It looked like it definitely to me looks vintage, but I, I can't stand the bracelet. I'm looking at it now. I don't like the way the function pushers are placed on the watch. Uh, love the way the dial looked though. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, what would that be like? Charcoal, grayish black or whatever. Yeah, it's got like um, a nice gradient to it. Yeah, you know, I think that's pretty dope, but. Overall, this thing, I, I don't like the way the uh, the one function pushes at the four o'clock. It doesn't, it don't sit well with me for some reason. And the shape of the case, shape of the case is just kind of weird. I don't know what it really reminds me of, but uh, looks like a Demogorgon from Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this thing is ugly, man. I don't know. Yeah, but like I overall. Think the dollar, I think, is pretty dope. It's pretty dope. And yeah, I mean, like 
it's sorry, but... always comes correct with their dials because, yeah, like some of their fume dials are just amazing. So they always have these nice gradients. So it's like they kind of had to do that. But I like it just because it's different. You know, at the end of the day, there's so many like steel, steel sports watches, titanium sports watches. Like they're getting in on this again, that sort of Royal Oak Nautilus craze. They're all so derivative. This is at least a breath of fresh air because it's something different. Um, and like, I like how retro it looks. This looks like they like locked someone from the seventies, right. like locked them in an office for like <laughs> fifty years, and then said, "All right, it's twenty twenty, <clears throat> make a watch." And like, this right. is what they thought that a twenty twenty watch would look like, you know. But mm. um, I do have to agree with you. I don't like that crown at the four o'clock. I think it just throws off the symmetry. But I do like, like from an engineering standpoint, like that movement is insane. They've got the rotor like in between the dial and the movement. So it looks like a manual wind from the back, but it's still automatic. And that they managed to do all the chronograph functions are all through the center. Mm. And like even just looking at it, it just looks like what you think a stopwatch would be, like those like stopwatches that you that you would hold. You know? Right, right. So I think it's cool. I don't think I would I would really buy one. I don't think it's really my style, but I think it's cool and like I'm always all for like when they try something different, something new, instead of doing something else that's, like, derivative. Yeah. And then, again, like uh, Miguel said, like, uh, case back is always an extra. I mean, that that movement is dope. It looks Yeah, that's, awesome. that's the movement worth looking at. Uh-huh. Well, one thing, the very first time I saw this watch, and I'm like, oh, crap, the dial, the, the little racing straps around the around the inside, it reminds me of a, of a Speedmaster, the racing vision. So I was like, yeah. all right, that's kind of what that looks. But I mean, again, it's like so crazy. How can you create something different? And I agree with you, Fred. I mean, this is something different. And there's a difference between liking something and respecting something. So for me, this gets my respect for being different. It does remind me of an old Citizen Bull head watch uh, with the pushes on top, which is cool. I, I like those watches. So there's some some features of it that I really like, and but most of it, the case design, the bracelet, I don't like it, but that doesn't mean I don't respect this watch. Now, coming in at $40,000 and limited to 100 pieces, mm. you know, that's that's a little different. Um, now, well, a crown at 400 o'clock, it always reminds me of a Seiko, you know, that's kind of a signature SKX thing, and, and that's kind of what it reminds me of, but it, it's cool nonetheless. I know it has... Uh, ceramic luminescent hands which not a lot of people are doing which is really cool and like you said that uh that display case back it does feature that uh what that hmc 902 movement made by agonor something so check it out 55 jewels yeah it's one of the few times that they outsource their movement normally most of everything else but um for something that's complicated because also like on top of having that cool dial uh sort of dialed and rotor then uh, movement configuration and having that bullhead setup is also a flyback. So, right. Like, mm-hmm. I like how it brings a little bit more to the table. And it's crazy that we're not even all the way through January. We've gotten three, like, flagship chronograph models coming out already from Omega, H. Moser now, and then Hublot also did one at their LVMH Watch Week. Like, Everyone's going crazy for chronographs, it seems. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about this chronograph? Because it doesn't have any subtitles. So what are you going to time 60 seconds? I mean, a lot of no, people want to time it has a 60-minute counter as well. Like, so it has, it has, in total, it has four hands. So you have running seconds. Oh, okay. Seconds. Right. 
Like it all times from the middle. So I think you can time up to sixty minutes if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Mm. Now size forty two point three by fourteen point two thick. Whoa, that's a big boy. Yeah, but it's a chronograph. I mean, like they always chronographs are always a bit well. Bigger. Unless you're talking. Like, about I remember my yep. I remember my tutor was like. 15.7, 15.8 or something like that. Well, unless you're talking octo finissimo, then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's like a few millimeters. Like Yeah. No, but nonetheless, I mean, it, it's a cool watch. I I guess we could all agree to disagree that it's it's cool, but it's, it's polarized. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, yeah, right. it's I mean, cool, but, you know. It's mm. definitely not for everyone. But maybe no. that's why they limited it to 100 pieces. At $40,000. $40,000, right? Yeah. Mm-mm. It's but a little. I think that's how they can get away with that price. It's like, I have a feeling that the people who want this, they really want it. So they probably would happily part with 40000 bucks right. to pay for it. All this thing probably sold out already. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. Sure. I was going to say that. Yeah, it sold out. Well, you got you to gotta think for, for, for people like us, right? Working folks, just guys that, that don't make millions of dollars unless Fred is a millionaire and he hasn't told us, but you know, I, I was watching, I don't know if you guys got a chance to check out that, uh, Teddy Baldassar video. He had a two part video with Kevin O'Leary. Yeah. I watched and... part one. I think. Yeah. yeah. I watched part one. Okay. Fred, you watched it? Yeah. yeah I saw both of them. Okay. So here's a guy that's multimillionaire. Probably. I don't think he's a billionaire, but multimillionaire. And he's a watch collector, right? So they, they go into all these different stores. Basically, Teddy acted as like a, a personal watch guy for him or whatever and took him to different places, selected a few watches that he thinks Kevin was going to like. So Kevin ends up buying a watch. I won't spoil it for you guys. I won't tell you what he bought. But let's just say that $20,000, he dropped that like, like it was nothing to him. Mm. Twenty grand wasn't a lot, and when people were like, "Oh, this is seventy thousand. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, and this is a- oh, that's not bad." And I'm thinking like, "Geez, man, that's there's people out there. A lot of people out there that have that kind of money, especially in this watch game. Like we we complain about money, and you know the Omega three to one being fourteen grand. There's people out there that could <laughs> drop that like so quickly. Oh yeah, and you know for them. A fifteen hundred dollar watch is probably a beater watch, or a three thousand dollar watch is a beater watch for them. So, different classes, different things uh, for different people. So, yeah, there you have it. Also, Teddy, I know he his latest video he had Monta on there. I've heard a lot of good things about the Monta watch, that micro brand. So, yeah, I've yeah, been seeing them pop up a lot lately too. Yeah, they're not yeah. cheap. I mean, for a micro brand to be fifteen, sixteen hundred bucks, but the level of quality and what they bring, I think it's, uh, I think it's worth the money. I never checked one out, so I don't really want to speak on them too much. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's the thing about um, about uh, Monta, and I know uh, Notice. There's some other watches, but Monta's the one that I've been hearing about a lot. And um, you want you guys want to talk about releases? LVMH, so they had their show, right? Um, so I'll let Fred do the talking on this one because there was so much that came out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let's let's go through them. I mean, uh, as many as we can. <laughs> there were tons. I mean, obviously LVMH. You know, they have Bulgari, Takor, Zenith, and Ublo. So four big brands with huge amounts of releases. Obviously, taking advantage of the fact that like LVMH isn't going to Basel World anymore. I don't think so. 
for them was like, all right, let's just host our own event. And they had it in Dubai, mm-hmm. which really sucks because I'm going to Dubai next month. Mm. And I was, oh. I was thinking to myself, like, fuck, I should have gone this month <laughs> had I had I realized in time. But um, but yeah, uh, going through it. Surprisingly, Tag Horror only had one new release, uh, celebrating 160 years of Tag Horror. Um, just a Carrera special edition inspired by a 1964 Carrera 2447. Um, so a nice, like, sort of vintage reissue. On the one hand, I'm surprised Tag Horror didn't release more. But on the other hand, they're just coming off of the Monaco and celebrating, like, they had all of last year, they, were, they released, I think it was five different editions of the Monaco, plus releasing the Monaco Horror 02. So... I'm actually kind of glad that they didn't go too ham because they, did, they didn't do what I complained about Omega doing, which is we're just a few weeks into the new year <laughs> after they spent so much time hyping like the 50th year anniversary of the Moonwatch and they already put out another Moonwatch. So mm. kudos to Sakura for being a bit restrained. So, I guess we'll see more from them throughout the year, though. So how do, how do y'all feel about that, that piece? Because like, I, I think it's beautiful. I think looking at it now. I think it's oh my god. I think it's nice, but the only thing that I that I'm a little weirded about, and I know Sam from the Casual Watch Reviewer, they they started their podcast back up. If you guys don't know who he is, but yeah, go check him out. He has a YouTube channel. But he was mentioning in his episode in his podcast that uh, that it's kind of weird that they're celebrating 160 years when really Tag only acquired Hoyer. Not too long yeah, ago, right? It, so. In 85, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So to be like... The whole brand is a whole, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. And like, let's... Like, because they did it as a Hoyer reissue. So they were true to that. And at the end of the day, the company has its roots back then. But I'm glad they didn't make too much noise, didn't do too much. Because also like 160, it's a big number, but it's also a pretty arbitrary number. You know, it's not like 150, 175, right. 200. So right. I think a nice, nice little... Limited edition. One thing they did do really well is they just limited it to 1,860 pieces. Mm. So, again, Omega, if you're listening, that's how you do a limited edition. If you're right. celebrating a year, then just have that be the amount. <laughs> like, because I remember it was what, six or 7,000 of that uh, Moonwatch anniversary mm-hmm. last year? Yeah, I think it was 6,900. That's a lot. <laughs> mm. Like, that's not that limited anymore. That's not limited, kind of yeah. Limited that's so, so yeah, funny. I think it was good. Nice little restrained piece. Obviously, like, classic classic vintage horror styling. <coughs> and it's got the Hoyer O2 on the inside. So on the inside, it's all modern. Is it case um, back? Uh... Yeah, open case back. And okay, a cool. custom rotor for um, celebrating those 160 years. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a cool little thing. And like I said, I think we'll probably, you can probably expect more from them later in the year. I imagine they're just sort of letting the sheets cool on celebrating the Monaco, so they probably didn't want to go too all out right away. Um, Bulgari, well, before we were talking about the Octo Finissimo, obviously they had to release a few new additions of that. Um, Main things, they now do their Minute Repeater and Rose Gold. Uh, They released um, a mixed... So the Octo Finissimo was normally always uh, sandblasted finish, Mm -hmm. so regardless whether it was titanium, ceramic, gold it was always sandblasted now they've released mixed finish ones so they did a full ceramic one in sandblasted and polished and then also they did uh rose gold and steel ones also in mixed satin and polished finish the cool thing about the rose gold and the steel ones the new version is they now have 100 meters water resistance and they Mm. didn't have to add any thickness to it it's still only 5.2 millimeters thick so 
That I think is crazy. And they're and 12 that, grand, opinion, which is not super bad, right? Yeah. So. And that, in my opinion, like that, it's like, all right, what excuse do all the other brands have now of having a sub 100 meter water resistance when this entire watch with 100 meter water resistance is thinner than some of their movements? Like that, I think is crazy. Um, and then also uh, for women, they released the Serpenti Turbillon. Mm-hmm. which is the smallest tourbillon on the market. So even for that women's line, Bulgari is still sort of going for like records and, you know, smallest, thinnest, which is good. It's one way to really put themselves on the map and show that they're a watchmaker like that has to be taken seriously. You know, no one else is doing this many records in such quick succession. So yeah. good turn off from Bulgari, just evolving their current, their current line pretty much. And I think, I saw an interview on Watch Advisor where that's sort of their plan for the next few years to just really keep strengthening the Octofinissimo line and then maybe a few years down the line release something else for the men's collection as well. Well, did you see that women's uh, Bulgari, the Diva Dream Minute Repeater? That thing is horrible looking. <laughs> it has like an <laughs> earring hanging off the side or something. I, I don't get that. It's a, it's a woman's watch though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't that's something my wife would probably like, but but uh, you think she'll like that little earring hanging off the side? I mean, it's, it's I don't so know. Weird. It's it's a woman's watch though, so yeah, know. like that's a whole other market. And at the end of the day, if it gets more women that's watches, right. I'm all for it. But the uh the the rose gold guard, oh my god! Like I think yeah. this thing is beautiful. Like yeah. I love like the the way the second hand is like between like the uh, on the seven and the eight. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, Oof. I think I think when they introduced this Octofinissimo, they knew they had a hit on their hands, and it's gonna be like the AP. This is gonna be like the Royal Oak for them. I guarantee they're gonna milk the crap out of this thing for years and years and years and years to come, and they're just gonna change it to like different colors. Maybe put texture on the dial. Maybe I I don't know. Just do a bunch of different things. You agree, Fred? Yeah, definitely. And it's a cool watch. Like I've it worn is. it. It doesn't look good on my wrist, which really annoys me mm. because it's such a cool looking watch. But it's one of those watches like if I had the money to do it, I would almost want to just buy it and just like, you know, put it on a watch stand and just look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a piece of art. Like they even like so they modeled it after I think it was Roman architecture or something mm. like that, which like you can tell right away. Like it's just beautiful to look at right. and it's trippy just how thin it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when you wear it you're like what the fuck is going on how does this even work and it's super light as well like i could i could talk about it for the rest of the podcast but um moving on to zenith so they released a pair of new pilots watches pretty much the same as their current ones just new color variants essentially and with elite and Alpamero calibers in them for the time only and chrono respectively um then the defy 21 two new special editions one was the Land Rover. Land Rover edition, yeah, which is a titanium case, sort of matte gray with a few orange touches. Not my cup of tea. I really don't understand the tie-up between them very much. Like, it, for me, it doesn't land land very well. But it's a cool-looking watch and functionally the same as the normal Defy 21. And then they also did the Carl Cox edition. What I like about this one is that they have, for the running seconds, they have a little, like, a little record. That, I think, was a cool touch. Yeah. Um, right. Obviously, Carl Cox is a DJ. Uh, it's their second sort of musical collaboration. They did a Swiss Beats Defy as well, which I don't know if that did very well or not. You don't really hear much about it. 
I think maybe Zenith needs to. I think they're trying to make their watches cooler, but I I don't think a lot of their endorsements and tie-ups are landing. <laughs> in my opinion, at least. I may be wrong. Maybe they still sell, but I think this Carl Cox one, at least, it's cool because it's a little record player thing. I think yeah. any musical collaboration should definitely think of including that. Like that would have been cool if it was like a collaboration, like with maybe. It made me think of the the Def Jam logo. If they had like a little Def Jam record on that, if they did type like that, I think that would. Be oh cool. yeah, that would that would have been hot. Yeah, or like that a Run DMC hot. edition or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they also did the Elite Classic, which is their dress watch. Um, so they did a Moon Phase and just a normal standard time one. It's a nice it's a nice watch. Uh, Forty point five millimeters, so on the bigger side for dress watches. Um, but the is that guy, the rose gold? Yeah, they got the rose okay. gold and they also have a steel one. With the blue leather one, strap? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for that one, the big highlight is the dial. It's got this sort of like stamped sunray, sunray motif thing going on. And um, very similar to the sort of finish on the dial that you get on the Rolex Cellini. So a really nice take on making a dress watch a little bit more interesting because, let's face it, dress watches usually are, by design, supposed to be kind of boring and low-key. So this is like a nice little touch just to give it some more excitement. And pretty reasonably priced. I mean, the steel one with the moon phase is 6700 bucks. So mm, not bad. As far as dress watches go, it's not bad when you consider how much you pay for like a Protect Calatrava, which doesn't have a moon phase. Like if you get just just time and date, you're paying bananas money. So but How like, many stones is that going around the bezel? Uh, I'm not sure. It's a good question. Um, I have to I have to check and see how many they do. Cause I was just looking at the men's ones and um, without the without the stones on them. But uh, let's see. But yeah, it's interesting that like I feel Zenith they still they're not too sure of what they want to be, so they're kind of putting out a little bit of everything. But I'd be curious to know like what ends up hitting. I mean, they've done well with the Defy collection, but I wonder if these dress watches actually sell for them or the Pilots ones as well. Let's see him meet. This is your, the year, like you said, it's the year of the chronograph, and they got the El Primero. I mean, they got that yeah. over a they lot did, of other companies. So. <laughs> yeah, they did do that, um, the Chronomaster 2 last year. That was really nice. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Zenith Defy Midnight, the one for women, and I love the way they integrated that stainless steel bracelet. And this is a 36 millimeter, and I mean they kind of this is very directed towards women, obviously, because it has the diamonds on the bezel. You got the diamonds on the dials uh, on the dial. I'm sorry, as a, as some markings. Uh, I think this would have been a really cool watch without all the bling, as a unisex watch. Mm. But I don't know. I don't yeah. know why. What are you guys' thoughts on diamonds on watches in general? I don't like them. It all depends for me. I ain't a, a big, you know what I'm saying, bling, bling, iced out. You know what I'm saying? I could deal with a few. Yeah. But I think at, at a certain point, you kind of ruin the watch, like mm-hmm. regardless if it's from the manufacturer or not. Right. Yeah, I, I think like the... The full ice ones are a little bit over the top, but when you have ones where it's like something discreet, like, you know, just the indices or baguettes or something like that, I think when it's little touches like that, I can really say it all. Right. Like, yeah. you can get the, the Rolex President in white gold. They have one where 
it has diamonds on all the indices and it's just a little touch but it's just that little bit of extra bling to know it's like all right mm-hmm. it's you know it's a top dog watch right yeah, I but like i think it's too show offy you know it's like oh look at me i have diamonds on my on my watch and this is i don't like it <laughs> i think all, it all has to fit the character of the watch i mean yeah. something like a president it's not exactly like getting a president to be discreet <laughs> but um but even on some Pateks, like they do it really tastefully and it doesn't sort of jump out. It just adds a little bit to it. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's other ones where like where it's fully iced out or those like diamond bezel um, GMTs, for example. Those, I don't think it makes sense. Right. Then I was watching some uh, or reading something where somebody had like an iced out like uh, sub, I think. Some shit. It was some uh, iced out Rolex. And it broke, <laughs> and they How tried to send it back to the manufacturer. Rolex wouldn't touch it. Oh, because it was probably because, aftermarket diamonds. Right. You know what I mean? They said, okay, you got to get rid of all that bullshit, then send it to us. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. at that point, like, what's the point? Because, I mean, you're going to pay more in getting all the diamonds and shit off of sending it. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. You know. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, I like it. Um, but it. So I can't find how many diamonds are on that bezel, Pete, but quite a few, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, about as, it's about as good as I can do without counting. Right. Um, moving on to Hublot. They mm. also released a bunch of new ones. They did the Spirit of Big Bang with the Mecha 10 movement. I think that's cool. I think the Spirit of Big Bang, it looks a bit too much like a Richard Mille. So I think it's always going to start to face that problem. But I like that at least they're putting that different movement in it. The Mecha 10 looks cool, how it's all like arrayed in sort of straight lines. It's not what you normally see in a movement. And also 10-day power reserve. Like that's mm. it, little things like that that show you that Oblo is still serious about watchmaking. They just have more fun with it, you know? And then um, the big highlight from them was the Big Bang Integral. I did a, um, I did a video just on this. I think right. it looks sick. Like for the longest time, I always wanted them to put the classic fusion and give that the Onico movement because normally it just uses a Salida SW300, which for eight grand is like uh, not really what you want to spend on an SW300. But um, I think this is the closest we'll get because they pretty much reprofiled the big bang case to be more similar to the classic fusion. And that's how they got that bracelet integration. And I think it just looks sick. And it's still flyback chronograph, 72 hour power reserve. Um, made in all titanium, 100 meter water resistance. So again, some of these other manufacturers better be listening and watching. Talking to you, Omega, with your 50 meters mm. on the Speedmaster. <laughs> Had 50 years to work with it, and they still have enough of water resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that Big Bang Integral, I think, is sick. Like I know some people will say it looks too much like like an AP, but I feel like they Hublot. Even if they take inspiration from other brands, they'll still do the stuff that those brands will never do. Like, I can't imagine AP making a full open work um, offshore, for example. Like, they've done it for the, for the Royal Oak double balance wheel, but they haven't really done too much in terms of skeletonization. And the same thing with the different colors and different materials. Like, Hublot will do what they won't. So I think that definitely deserves credit. And that, for me, is the highlight of this LVMH watch week is, is that Hublot. Yeah, it's nice. Definitely nice. Well, John Claude Beaver worked for AP, correct? I know the guy worked for everybody. Yeah. 
started started with them. So would it be fair to say that he brought some of his design ideas over here to Hublot? Well, he wasn't a designer at AP. He was a salesman for them. Um, And also, like, Hublot already had its design identity sort of already ingrained. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, it looks too much like the AP, but they forget that the original Hublot from MDM Genève, you know, that was released in the 80s. Back then, everyone was doing that style because that was like the late 70s, early 80s. That was the style for watches. It was integrated bracelets. You know, it was that porthole design that Gerald Genta sort of brought to the market in the same way that like every dive watch still to some degree looks like a Submariner or a 50 Fathoms. I think it's kind of inevitable that any any integrated sports watch is going to have some of that AP DNA. It's just what they do with the rest of it that makes the difference. You know, it's whether they do this or whether it's something like the BR05, for example, from Bell & Ross, which in my view is too derivative of the Nautilus and they haven't really added anything new to uh, to the equation. Yep, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit when you said BR05. Um, <laughs> geez. So let's, let's talk about that. So 2020s here, obviously last year, was the year of sports models with blue dials? What do you What do you guys think this year is going to be? Just chronographs, or we're going to see more integrated bracelets and and a chronograph? <laughs> What's What do you What are you guys predicting? Um, I'm hoping I see more. Not necessarily uh, as far as dials go, more red. You know what I'm saying? Dials with chronographs. Uh, Maybe even more uh, pieces with leather straps. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm I'm really getting into the leather straps nowadays. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm really hoping to see this year. Hmm. Yeah, I agree that definitely, definitely, like the tendency has been towards either rubber straps or full bracelets. It'd be cool to see some more leather straps just sort of switch things up. My guess though is that probably we'll continue riding this wave of integrated steel sports watches or titanium sports watches in the case of the Hublot. But I think maybe when you've got, you know, Hublot is taking it directly to the AP offshore, so they had a chronograph in it. Um, you know, Moser introduced a chronograph. I think those ones who haven't really taken the fight into the segment yet are going to try and at least do something different complication-wise by coming in, which is good. I mean, at least, because if you think about it, um, you can't really, I don't think you can get a steel version of the Nautilus chronograph anymore. So that's essentially a gap in the market for them. The VC offshore, uh, sorry, the VC overseas chronograph is nice, but obviously it's, you know, I think the highlight from that collection is still the three-hander. Similar thing with the, um, with the Royal Oak, like with the Royal Oak, with the standard one, the three-hander is the main star. So I think if more companies come in and innovate in terms of chronographs, at least it adds something new to the equation. It might force those companies to also relook at their chronographs, make them more interesting. But I do agree with Pete. It would be cool to see more red dials, I think. Like JLC, they did really nice sort of red burgundy dial on one of their reversal tributes, mm-hmm. and it looks amazing. It was that one that we yeah. talked about on Christmas, remember? Right. Uh-huh. Actually, Teddy Baldessar featured on his channel when he showed it to... Uh... To Kevin O'Leary, and they both yeah. were mesmerized by that. So, yeah, yeah, because I think it is. You're right; it's a bit too predictable. The whole sort of blue dial steel steel sports watch thing. So I think having some red in there 
green will always be popular, I think, because of the Hulk. But I think red should hopefully be the next hit color. I think that would be cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we're going to find out real soon because Basil World's around the corner. And maybe we'll make a, a podcast of our predictions for Basil World, whoever's remaining. But uh, speaking of the shows, it's interesting to see what LVMH did. They did their own show. And we kind of knew that was going to happen, right? Because a lot of people are pulling out of Basil World and some other shows. So we're probably going to see more people hey. do this. Isn't there usually a Swiss show in January that's not going that's not going on anymore? Right, but they they uh, watches and what is it watches? Yeah, Geneva. what used to be S A S I H H. I think they changed okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're doing that okay. in the same week as Basel World, or I right. think like the week mm. before or something, so that like all the watch journalists and stuff only need to go one time. Once in one time. It's called Watches in Wonderland, right? I think they rebranded it to that. Yeah. So do y'all think LVMH feel the void for that? For this month? I think think so. I mean, they're following a similar thing to what Omega did last year with just doing their own independent release. Like, I think it's cool. I I like, while on the one hand, it's nice. It was nice, like, for the one time that I was into watches and there was a Basel World. It was cool seeing how everything happened in one go. But I think this means also we're going to have more re- more releases throughout the year. Adds a little bit more mystery. Hopefully it sort of contains some of the hype. Because before, from what I understand, it was pretty much once Basel World hit, once SIHH hit, those both were in the first quarter of the year. The rest of the year is just the odd release here and there, you know? So mm-hmm. kind of, I, I think with this, I think they'll be sort of, they'll decide to distribute their releases a little bit more strategically. It'll be, they'll be able to center more hype around it. I think it'll be. I think it's cool that they're sort of decentralizing when they release new watches. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it keeps us busy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. it keeps it us alive us with this podcast. Well, one of the things too, in my personal opinion, maybe I'm completely wrong, but um, if you think Basel World, everybody go on YouTube and put Basel World predictions. Everybody's Rolex, 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 and Rolex. So I think you I forgot think, Rolex as well. Yeah, and Rolex. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, but basically, I mean, think about it. Basel World is all about what is Rolex coming out with. And all these companies come out with all this cool stuff, but all people could talk about was Rolex. Oh my God, they put the GMT on a Jubilee. <gasps> Who would have thought? And it's like, did you you realize the Octa Finissimo was over, like, or, you know, something like that. And it's like, I think companies saw that. Maybe that was a, a factor in it. I might be completely wrong, but I, I mean... People know, you know, they can't compete with Rolex. These companies are like, they, they know, they know. So maybe they, they figure, you know what, let's let's pull away from that. Let's do our own release. That way we get our own hype. We get our own people talking about us. And that's exactly what's happening. I mean, look at us. We're not even talking about Rolex. We're talking about other companies, you know? So right. I might be wrong, but I, I, I have a, a feeling that I, and that's, that's, that's part of it. You know what I mean? But anyways, guys, we are not so Valid argument, man. Valid argument. So we're hitting the one hour mark here. Let's let's talk other things. You guys got anything to share? Anything cool for the people to? Either of y'all watch check Power. Out? Don't don't ruin it, please. Don't ruin it. I'm yes. Not ruin it. Okay. I'm yes. Just say, mm-hmm. My God, I can't wait for today's episode. So wait, wait, wait Fred. Mm-hmm. So today is the final episode. Uh, no, not the final one. It's okay. just another okay. one. Woo. But I look forward to this <laughs> right. one whenever it happens. Like, especially with this uh, season, it's like, like, you already, like, you're putting the pieces together, but it's like, you still, 
it's still enough mystery to want to see the next episode and be like, yeah, so what we watched. So I've watched the whole thing with my wife and I, we watched two episodes of season six, but then I don't know what happened. I think we don't have the channel anymore. I, I don't know what happened, but anyways, we are waiting for the thing to finish or the final episode to air. So we could, I'm, I'm giving you a life hack here, people. You, you get a free 30 day trial with the stars uh, channel. So we're too cheap. We don't want to pay for it because we got a lot of streaming <laughs> channels going on. So I'm waiting for that to air so I can get the free 30 day and we could just binge watch all the, <laughs> all the episodes Damn. and then cancel wow. it. So, hey, it's a life hack, man. We got Disney Plus. We got Hulu. We got Netflix. We got our internet. We got our regular TV. Um, and then, oh, right now we're on the trial period for Amazon because I don't know what I did that I messed up. I bought something and I, I signed this up for <laughs> a free month. So now we got that Amazon thing, which really sucks. I don't recommend it. It's cool to buy things for the Prime, but not for the TV. It really sucks. That might be a show or two. But that's kind of what I'm looking at on a monthly basis, all the things that I pay for. So I'm like, do I really want to pay for stars? Another $12, $9. And I'm like, nah, let's just do uh this is you know, one of those uh, free things, you know? So <laughs> don't call the cops on me. <laughs> so too, too late now. What's out there? Shit. Put it all out there. What's well, not illegal? So. <laughs> uh, so power. Okay, cool. You got, my, you got my interest. You know, I'm so dumb that uh, in, the first, uh, in the first season of power, I think first season, second season, I don't know if you guys remember Ghost, right? So Ghost is, for everybody listening, Ghost is like the main character, right? He's like one of the main characters. And he, he's fit. That guy's like super fit. And he used to run a lot. I haven't seen him work out lately, but he used to run a lot. And like the first season, they showed him running around and doing this. And I don't know if you guys remember, you remember his red sneakers? Vaguely. Mm-mm. Okay. So that was one of the things that he wore. Well, dumbass Miguel, what did I do? I go out to the Nike store and buy me some all red sneakers. <laughs> wow. I don't know why. Were you, were you getting your little ghost fantasy on? Thinking you're Omari Hardwood. <laughs> hey, have you seen his watches though? <laughs> Usually, like, the only watch that I recognize from when he wears is when he wears a president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's very hard to get a good, a good um, like, they don't show a lot of shots of his watches probably because there's not, like, any sponsorship or anything. Well, you know who's in, you know who's into watches for reals, like in real life, uh, mm. Tommy, like that. Yeah, that, I don't know. His, mm. I don't know his um, uh, Joseph Sakura. I, I I think yeah, him and he's a graffiti artist too, which is kind of crazy because my wife's like, oh, check it out. I saw that guy. I'm, it's like it's so weird. He's into things that you're into. I'm like what? <laughs> like Tommy's uh. my boy. <laughs> so let me get this straight. One way or another, you're thinking you're either ghost or you're Tommy. Yes. Either way, I'm I'm in power. I'm one of the power characters. So uh, my <laughs> so if, if if you had to choose between being uh, Ghost, or, Ghost Tommy? or Tommy, who would you pick? I would pick Tommy. I would pick Proctor. <laughs> I love Turtle. <laughs> it was that guy's so awesome. Weird that it guy's was so awesome. weird seeing Turtle as like lawyer for this whole time. <laughs> he's he's such a good actor though. I love him he as is, like. But like, I like. I loved Entourage. I watched it from the very beginning. Me too. So many times over and over. I couldn't stop seeing Turtle. Like, he's Me a victim too. of his own success. <laughs> and it's so awesome that he lost so much weight and he looks like so much better. And he rocks the Submariner. That guy's a watch guy too. He's on the, in the show, he's rocking the Submariner and he, he has a pair of J's. Like in every show, he has like different, mm. different kinds. And it just, it just kind of goes with my style. I'm like, dang it. I should be a part of power. Minus all the <laughs> drugs and the violence. <laughs> 
So what about you, P? What's going on? Uh, well, this week was a great week, but they released the trailer for the final season of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Oh God, here we go oh, again. No, which no. will be which will be coming out on Disney Plus oh, next God. month. You know what I mean? I have an affiliate yeah. link for Disney Plus. They should pay us for this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it, it, it looked to and be Star a screamer. Cool for that matter. <laughs> uh huh. And I don't, I don't know if they gonna um. With Revenge of the Sith, it seemed like they have inclu- incorporated a lot of that into this last season. I don't know if it'll be like like how the whole film was, but from the trailer preview, it's kind of like there were some things that was like brought up that was in Revenge of the Sith. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Did you notice, though, they created a little bit of a continuity issue for themselves? Because they... Yeah. Um, they showed Anakin on hologram with uh, with Padme, and she was clearly pretty pregnant. But right, you found out about right. that in Revenge of the Sith. Right. So, like, uh-huh. you know, either they yeah. got some episodes that are set somehow happening at the same time as Revenge of the Sith, or right, yeah, they might have to review that continuity a little bit. Yeah. But I'm excited yeah. for. It. I love the Clone Wars. I think that's yeah. such an underrated show. Right. So I'm I'm hoping I've been watching. I started on season one uh, about a week ago. So I'm through season two. So I'm hoping that I get through all five seasons again before you know, all six seasons before the seventh one come out. So yeah, yeah. No, the, I should be good. I'm looking forward to that. The only thing I like about Star Wars is Baby Yoda, and I haven't even seen that show. I just keep seeing his memes everywhere. <laughs> oh, the Mandal- <laughs> the Mandalorian off the hook. No, I yeah, gotta check it out. Off the hook. I'll check that out. Yeah. The good thing about the Mandalorian is you don't really need to have seen any of the other Star Wars movies to Thank like God. Right. enjoy it. Right. Like mm-hmm. even though it's in the same world, it's like you don't need to have too much background to enjoy it. It's still a cool show. Right. I'll check it out uh-huh. just for Baby Yoda. See what the hype is yeah. about. <laughs> well, spoiler from... alert: he's in the show. <laughs> Baby, and, and and just just something else: Build a Bear will be getting. Oh, uh, the baby Yoda this spring. Are you gonna get it, Pete? So, Are you gonna sleep yes, with it? Yeah, yes, <laughs> I'm getting. I'm. I am getting baby Yoda. I got to get baby. Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get baby Yoda. Yes, that's funny. Well, one of the movies yeah. that really, really surprised me, and I haven't seen a good movie like this in such a long time, uh, was Marriage Story. So that's on Netflix. So if you haven't checked it out, God. It stars uh, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, the guest, the guy from Star Wars. Uh, yeah, Kylo Ren. Such Rand. a good movie. So I, I kept hearing about this movie, and I saw you know the thumbnails when scrolling through Netflix, and I was like, what is that marriage story? It looks so boring. But once I started hearing Oscar nominations for both the leading actors and for best screenplay and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll check it out. So I told my wife, she's like, yeah, well, let's, let's, you know, let's check it out. I like Scarlett Johansson, you know. God, man, for both of you guys, I know, Fred, you're not married, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it just, it just takes you through this journey that you're like, crap. Everything you're seeing on screen, you're like, that's so true what you go through in a marriage. So I'll just put it this way. Being married or being in a relationship and living with somebody is not easy. We could all agree with that. It's it's very, very difficult for many different reasons, right? As human beings, we're different people. We hardly even know ourselves a lot of times. Or at least that's how I feel, right? A lot of times I, I don't even understand myself. So to be able to understand somebody else and of the opposite sex is very difficult, you know? And same thing for my wife. So 
this movie really takes you through that journey and it's crazy because they have a little boy and it just kind of goes to show that when you go through a divorce how difficult it could be on everything and everybody and how expensive it is and you realize like how you as human beings interact a certain way but once you get lawyers involved they completely change the dialogue and completely change the people's perspective on you and they want to make you look like a bad person for the advantage or or the end result of winning money and winning custody and it, it's crazy it's like man this is so sad and it, and it really struck a chord with me because my parents got divorced when I was young so I was like man is that how it was for us because I, I do remember being very traumatic I mean I was six years old parents got divorced my mom went through this huge depression she basically sold everything after the divorce she got my sister six years older than me got myself and we moved to Mexico City I didn't even ask us didn't we just moved to Mexico City so it was very traumatic for us we didn't see my dad for years and years didn't really speak to him and it's weird when you think how does a person like this they have so much against each other they, at one point they loved each other right but now they have so much against each other they're just trying to hurt each other and it's just it was a good film i mean ending kind of sucked but the whole overall movie was really really good because it really struck a chord with me and i was like all right i gotta i gotta talk about it i gotta recommend it if you haven't checked it out it's on netflix so yeah no it's a really good yeah. movie oh you and saw like, it yeah I you should have said something fred that. Back me up here. <laughs> you, were, you were busy laying out the entire plot. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I saw it a while back. It was it was really cool. Like it was it was confusing. I didn't really get the movie until the movie ended. But um because like it just what I liked of it is just it sort of it goes in the opposite direction of what you would expect. You know, like it's not like an action packed movie or nothing like that, but instead no, it's like no. it still surprises you as the plot goes on because you're expecting one thing to happen and then something else happens and just the way that it's you know they approach looking at a marriage from the perspective of a divorce mm. which is something i don't think anyone's done you know it's always like the typical love story everything's all good but this i think it just revealed i guess like miguel said you know a completely different perspective and something i think shed light on a certain aspect of both a marriage a divorce and a relationship that not a lot of other movies have. Mm. Yeah. And I think it was really good. Well. And the performances, man. I mean, Scarlett Johansson and, and Adam Driver, there was a scene where they're just in the room by themselves. And you, I mean, you're like, crap, these guys are, are A plus actors. In my, in my book, I'm like, damn, they're so good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm. I have to check that out. No, I, I recommend mm. it, man. And it's something I think your wife would really enjoy too, because it's not a, it's not a romance. It's not, it's just real life. It's, it's a really good movie. So, mm. so, yeah, go go check it out. It's a little long, two hours and 17 minutes. But, I mean, it's on Netflix that so you could check out maybe an hour. That's what we did because we have little boys. I mean, we, we check out an hour, sometimes 15 minutes, and then he'll wake up or come into the rooms like, all right, just pause it because they do curse a lot and stuff like that. So we don't right. we don't put stuff like that. But uh, that's why we don't bring P around the house because he uh, curses a lot. So. And, and Fred, too. You know, Fred too. Even though they're in <laughs> India and Ohio, we, we just don't bring them around the house because – yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. But anyway, so that's pretty much it. I think we covered a lot of things. Guys, you, you, anything else? I think that's – we pretty much that's covered it. everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Sounds, sounds good. For once, we, for once, we, I think we actually finished on time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fred, thank you so much for joining the team. This is super cool. Like I said, we, we wanted to bring you on board because the three amigos and we – 
we get along with you so well and also just man you you bring so much to the table and so you know it's it's diverse now you know we could talk about lower and higher and different perspectives we all live in different countries you know so it's we could bring so much to the table so so yeah guys stick around um we have a lot of guests lined up for this year super excited uh we're partnering up with brands too which is exciting and we're doing different things big things this year so fred where can they uh find you you can find me at Shaluso on everything, pretty much. Facebook slash Shaluso, Instagram at Shaluso, and Shaluso on YouTube as well. S-H-A-H space L-U-S-S-O, Shaluso, just how it sounds. Check it all out. And where can they find my fellow co-host? Uh, Ross Wristwatch Love everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Get into it. Get involved. Sounds good. And just to let you know, everybody listening, so Fred and I, obviously, we speak Spanish. And we, in our channels, actually, Fred and his channel, he, he's, it's a bilingual channel, so both English, Spanish. So if you have any friends that are into the watch world and maybe don't speak a lot of English or whatever, just recommend them, you know, just, hey, go check, the, check this guy out. And then for me, I have a completely separate channel just because I didn't want to mix the two. And the reason why is because, like, Fred does it. Every time he puts a video in English, he's kind of forced to do one in Spanish. And I don't want to feel that kind of pressure on myself because sometimes I'm lazy. So <laughs> so <laughs> I have my SoCal Watch Reviews YouTube channel. And you can find me on Instagram as well, SoCal Watch Reviews on Instagram. And, of course, the podcast, but Relojando. And I'll leave it in the, in the, in the description. Relojando basically means... Uh, what does it mean, friend? Messing around with watches, relojando. Yeah, like, like you it's, know. it's kind of like a mix of like relajando, which is relaxing in Spanish, and reloj, which is watch. It's like a cool little combination. Yeah, and yeah, like it's a cool, it's a cool take. And um, and yeah, there's definitely not enough good Spanish channels out there. So. Well, you know what? I'm actually working on my Spanish right now, so I can be <laughs> inaugurated into, yes. you know, what I'm saying to be an official. You know what I'm saying? Member of the Hispanic slash Spanish community. You know what so I mean? So we start doing this podcast. Right, yes. right. You know what I mean? Then, you know what I'm saying? Maybe about four, five years from now, I'll be ready to start my Spanish channel. Sounds or good. Talk, if you like watches and want to learn about watch and want to learn Spanish, it's also a great way. Like in, yeah. my, in my case, like because both videos are like pretty much the same. So true. Yeah. And it's a good way if you want to brush up on your Spanish and you're into watches. Like, I know that's much better than doing like boring ass language exercises that they normally make you do in Spanish class or online courses and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah. but to everybody listening, it's like so difficult. Like, seriously, even though we both speak Spanish fluently, um, when you speak watch terms, it's so different because I mean, you don't, you don't speak watch terms with your parents or on your daily life. So it's a lot of things that you're like, all right, I need to really learn this. And a lot of the terms are very difficult, especially for me. I mean, in English, I can knock out a, a video pretty quick, but in Spanish, it takes me just twice as long, even though I already have the footage, just putting that, uh, that voiceover, you know, over my video it takes so long, but yeah, guys go check it out. Um, like I said, 2020 is going to be a big year. Please uh, comment on this, on this podcast. It really helps. We got more listeners. We got everywhere. If you see the people that listen to us, it's just worldwide. So it was super exciting to know that people from all over are listening to this podcast. So if you're in your car, you're in your house, you're in the toilet. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And from three of us, you know, all three of us, thank you so much. And remember, stay humble, guys. Thanks. Peace. Peace.